Hey there, Duke fans, and welcome to the 181st episode of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. We are coming to you early, early, early on the East Coast, Thursday morning, January 9th, just a few hours. And when I say a few hours, I do mean a few hours after Duke takes down Georgia Tech in Atlanta, 73-64. Uh, Donald Wine here. I'm here. I'm back in D.C. I'm, I'm not in the wind that is Honolulu, Hawaii anymore. Uh, I am here with my resident ATLian, Jason Evans, who was at the game last night. Jason, how's it going this morning? Uh, it's going good. Yeah, you're right. I, I appreciate uh, you getting on the podcast and us being able to do this. I'm operating on maybe five hours sleep because, yeah, I was at the game. Uh, I teased uh, over the weekend that I was going to be at the game and get in the locker room and talk to Coach K, and I got to do all those things. It was fabulous, a lot of fun, a really interesting game. There's a lot to talk about. If I hadn't even <laughs> got to do any of that stuff, I think this is a game that's really worth unpacking and discussing. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, to the fans out there, uh, I want to apologize for some of the audio issues on the last podcast. Like Donald said, he was outside in the wind. I was having some internet issues that maybe made it sound occasionally like I was underwater. <laughs> we will we will fix these things. We will make it better. The quality well, of the DBR matters. I, I'm not going to apologize for being in Hawaii. I'm just going to apologize no, no, for the weather there. Not. So, <laughs> but uh, let's move on. We uh, last night Duke again went down to Atlanta to face the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They emerged 73-64 winners uh, in a game that you know. Basically, an hour after we recorded last week, we found out that Wendell Moore was out indefinitely with a broken hand. He had surgery to uh, fix that hand and will be out uh, an undetermined period of time. We, there was issues in the first half and the second half uh, with the energy uh, on, on offense and defense and the sloppiness. Uh, but, Jason, you were there. Uh, tell us what you saw from your vantage point in the crow's nest that is uh, the <laughs> press box. Yeah, so it was a fascinating game to to sit there and watch and really, you know, sort of a tale of different games happening at different times. The final score doesn't even come close to indicating how close this game was. It was a one-possession game for the final, you know, five to seven minutes. Um, uh, in the second half, Duke, Duke had a lead, um, a sizable lead that we got in the first half. And then in the second half, uh, Tech actually took a lead. Looked like Tech was going to run away. There was a fascinating little moment where Tech was starting to pull away from Duke, and and Coach K went to a lineup. And I want to. I'm going to talk a lot about the lineups that Coach K used this game because there's some fascinating rotation things that happened. And I asked don't him, say don't say rotations. We're going to say, say rotations. Right. We'll get to that. People will understand. Don't, there, there are fascinating depth things that happened in this game. But there was a cool moment where we were we were down, and it looked like things weren't going to go that great. And Coach K went with uh, Javin Delorier and Jack White, um, Jay Gold, Trey Jones, and Cassius Stanley. Um, uh, Cassius being a 20-year-old freshman, the freshman the age of a sophomore or junior. Uh, you know, for all this talk always about the freshman and how the game is dominated by the young guys, uh, in some key moments in the second half, Coach K was going with as experienced a lineup, I think, as he can put on the floor. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe if you put – uh, Alex O'Connell in there for Cassius Stanley or something like that. You get a little more experience, but it's not a lot. I mean, this this was Coach K going to his experience. But I, let, let me back up. Um, sorry, I got so much to say about this game. Um, uh, Georgia Tech came out, and you could sense in the building. It was interesting. Um, the, 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 the place was packed. Georgia Tech does not sell out a lot. 
Uh, I think there was something like the 20th sellout in their past seven years. Um, but they had a sold-out crowd there. There was a good contingent of Duke fans. I'm sure you could hear it on television when Duke scored. There were cheers. In you fact, at one point in the second, really quick, at one point in the second half, the Duke fans started chanting, let's go Duke. And, like, that's what you heard in the arena? It was kind of like, whoa. And then the Tech fans, were, you know, started chiming with, let's go Tech. And and they were battling each other for a little bit, and the Duke fans were holding their own. But uh, uh, anyway, um, there's tons of energy in the building at the start. And Georgia Tech came out um, excited and active. Uh, uh, James Bank and Moses inside were were very active. They were doing lots of good interior passing. Tech was breaking Duke down on defense. Um, they, they were getting in the lane and making the extra pass. We weren't rotating well on defense. They were getting incredibly easy shots. It was very concerning, um, and it's the kind of defense that this Duke team has not played. They are usually much better on defense. And then Coach K fixed everything. And the way he fixed everything a man named Jordan Goldwire, Jay Gold. I was, I got to tell you, so we get to halftime and I'm looking at the halftime stat sheet that they give me in the press box. Jordan Goldwire has played 16 minutes and 47 seconds of the first half. And and I, I'm, I'm looking through the stat sheet. He has two points, one steal, one assist. I mean, that's not exactly filling up the box score for a guy who plays 17 minutes. But I was like, yeah, he was the MVP of the first half. Like, it's not even so, a close call. So, yeah. Jason, I, I, I'm i glad you brought it up Jordan Golar because I want to bring up his full line stat, which was two points, two rebounds, two, I'm sorry, uh, two points, two assists, and two steals. So, in the second half, he got one assist and one steal. And he still was the MVP of the game because yeah, he it's crazy. changed everything on defense. I mean, just coming in his energy that was, you know, this is something that I uh, alluded to on the podcast is that when we're on the road. We have to start off with intensity from the opening tip because the other team absolutely will. We talked about how this was going to be their Super Bowl, and they very much, you know, Georgia Tech played like it was James Banks had seven blocks. He was active on all ends of the floor. He his energy led to a lot of their momentum, and it took us till what the ninth, you know, the nine minute mark of the first half before we finally took the lead and kind of, you know, opened up a lead before halftime. In the second half, it was the same deal, the same energy. We came out flat footed. We came out sloppy, and Jordan Goldwire was brought in to kind of calm everything down. And wait, wait, also, wait, wait, wait. Actually, actually, you're wrong about that. Jordan Goldwire started the second half, played, yeah, and the didn't. Entire, played the entire second half. In fact, I think this is amazing. So he came in um, at like the 17-minute mark mm -hmm. of the first half. and He came in for Joey Baker, who, who basically did not play in this game. <laughs> Jay Gold comes in. He went out for like 30 seconds at around the nine-minute mark. And, and then he did not come out for the rest of the game. This is a kid who played 37 minutes in this game. Um, it was, it was unreal. And, and later on folks will hear, I spoke to him in the locker room and I talked to him a little bit about that. So, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. And, and also I'm glad you brought up the end of the game when we were talking about Javin Delorier and Jack White, uh, being called on to make big plays, especially on defense. Javin had a couple of key blocks in the last few minutes there, uh, that really helped, make what was like a one or two point game become the nine point uh, victory that it was. So uh, I really enjoyed. And and by the way, Jack White had a in. big three pointer. Jack White yes. had a big three pointer. Mm -hmm. 
and um, uh, Javin Delore had a couple big free throws on a day when Duke wasn't hitting free throws. Javin was a guy who hit them for us. So again, the one thing that we talk about in every single game is that uh, that's probably the one thing that really happened last night is that the victory and the unsung hero comes from a different person every single night. Last night, I, I, it's Jordan Goldwire playing 37 minutes. It's Javin Deloria with his key blocks. It's Jack White with his key defense and his key offense, you know, shooting free throws and, and Javin Deloria with free throws and three-pointers. It was it was leadership. And at the end of the day, there was, you know, I thought Vernon had an off game. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later because I think other people had different opinions on how he played. Uh, but also it wasn't because he was doing anything bad. It was just sloppy. And at the end of the day, Georgia Tech was really that, you know, they were on their game and they were trying to play. They had a great, great game. Yeah, well, and uh, regarding Vernon, and again, he's another guy that I got to talk to in the locker room, and we talked about this. James Banks of Georgia Tech, I have a note. I, I, I took these notes, and one of my notes says, James Banks owns Vernon Carey. <laughs> and he really did. I mean, look, I love you, Vernon. And Vernon's having a great, incredible season for Duke. But, boy, James Banks came to play and absolutely dominated the inside in this game. At one point, there were folks on press row who were like, I'm kind of – a guy in press row next to me said, I'm kind of rooting for overtime when it looked like the game might get overtime. And I was like, oh, really? Why? And he said, because if there's overtime, James Banks is going to get a triple-double because the dude had like, you know, 14 or 15 points and rebounds each. Um, and, and he was on his way to a triple double in block shots. He had seven block shots. And if we played another five minutes, I think he might've gotten to mm -hmm. 10 dude was protecting the rim, like nothing ever. All right. I want to go back a little bit, just really quickly indulge me back to the first half, a little tiny bit, because one of the things I noticed in this game was, uh, when guys would make a mistake, um, coach K had kind of a short, he had a short hook. Uh, a short leash, I should say. He had a quick hook, a short leash. Um, and a guy would make a mistake, and and you'd see someone get off the bench immediately <laughs> to go in to replace him. The, uh, talking about Jordan Goldwire, one of the things I noticed is, and part of it is he he doesn't try to do a lot on offense. He doesn't make the mistakes on offense. Like, he never commits a turnover. And so once he gets in the game, Coach K is like, wait, there's no reason to pull him out. He's not making mistakes. He's not making mistakes on defense. He's not making mistakes on offense. He's just you know, keeping the machine humming along. And so Coach K never took him out and never wanted to take him out. And let me tell you, like, Joey Baker had a really bad traveling violation, <laughs> sit on the bench. Cassius Stanley in the second half didn't have, you know, defensive energy and then made a really bad entry pass to Vernon Carey and the coach. And, like, literally it happens, and you see Coach K immediately react. And sometimes it's he's off his chair and calling a timeout. And sometimes it's someone's getting up and going to the game. Like when Cassius Stanley had that play in the second half, I, let me tell you, uh, Georgia Tech ran down, got a transition basket. Coach K calls timeout. And I'm not sure if you guys can see it on, on television. He had a clipboard in his hand. Bam. He threw that thing to the ground hard. Coach K was mad at Cassius. He was like in Cassius's grill in a big, big, big way. So anyway. Dude's but when you but when yeah, you yeah. talk about uh, real quickly, you talk about things like that, and you know one one of the guys on offense that responded in a big way was Cassius Stanley. Um, with you know we we talk about we, we you know we had an email yeah. from a guy we talked about dunking the life out of a gym. My man Cassius Stanley did that last night oh, with oh, one. Oh. Oof. He had a couple. He had a couple. He had, he had a, couple a couple that that there was one that silenced the crowd, and there was one that made him stop. Uh, so. 
going back to first one, it was you know basically a long like transition. He started at the back, sprinted all the way to the basket. Trey Jones from half court throws a lob to him, and he grabs it and dunks it over a guy and gets the end one. Uh, and that was oh, one that, that kind one, of sounds. I was gonna say that one. That was the sick thing about that was I was like Cassius wasn't really open. Right. Trey just kind of Trey tossed it up there, and he's like Trey tossed it up there. Like he's the only one that's going to get this ball. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but a, a, a guy, <laughs> the guy on press row next to me, after that one went through, he said. That was disrespectful. It was. <laughs> so th- it, this is in street ball terms. He, he, they were both on an elevator and he was going to the seventh floor and dropped my man off on the fifth. Like yep. he, he kept going. Then the next play down, he gets the ball. And it's kind of one of those, you know, broken plays that, you know, we're inside of seven seconds. And he says, you know what, instead of just trying to jack up a three, I'm just going to drive the lane and dunk it in everybody's face. He did it again. And then like what, two plays later, he comes down and probably the dunk of the night. He collects an, a, an alley oop from Trey Jones and one hand tomahawks it. Oh, it was sick. And oh. when I tell you that, what this is the one that shut the gym down. If you if you go back and look at it on the broadcast or, or just look at any replay behind him on that side, the TV side is where a lot of the students sit and they're yep. jumping up and down, going nuts. You see like five of them when the ball is in the air, they're like jumping like what? That's not no. He's not catching that. And when he catches it with one hand, they all just stop jumping. And you can see everyone go, oh, oh, this oh, is crap. about to happen. This is, he's, <laughs> oh, no. And you can see their slow motion reactions in real time. It's fantastic. Uh, but if you guys have not seen this play, just turn on the TV this morning. You will see it. So anyway, that's awesome. And and that was incredibly fun. And it got us back in the game. That's the other thing. It yep. wasn't like, mm-hmm. like wasn't like one of these games dukes up by 20 or anything like that. That was those were like, you know, nip and tuck possessions. Um but anyway, but <laughs> I keep on going, let's go back to the first half. Um back in the first half. So Duke's behind. Like I said, you know, James Banks is owning Vernon Carey. Tech's getting easy baskets. Uh, my man Jay Gold comes in, makes zero mistakes, raises our L, uh, energy on on defense, this weird thing happened where so Duke goes on a uh, an eighteen to two run from the the nine minute mark uh, for like the next six minutes. Duke goes on an eighteen to two run and and basically it was all the defense. I mean Tech only scores two points in those six minutes. Uh, and the cool thing about the defense was it wasn't necessarily like rim protection blocking you know blocking shots. It wasn't lots of steals. It was that. We were so frustrating tech on offense that they were getting lousy shots or they were maybe not even getting shots. I can't even I I feel like the the shot clock just kept on going off. Sometimes it was going off because tech was making a violation and sometimes it was going off just because tech was trying to beat the shot clock. And it was it was this incredible defense that Duke is able to play and. Shane, are you, uh, Donald, you know who Shane, Shane Ryan is a, a, a writer, he writes, college basketball writer, writes about Duke a pretty fair bit, and he actually, he occasionally comes on the DBR forum, and Shane Ryan came on the DBR forum and, and posted something, and I, and I loved it, it was really great, he said, we need to come up with a word, we need to come up with some kind of phrase for this moment where the Duke's perimeter defensive pressure just absolutely causes the opposing team to give up. Um. Now, this is in the first half, and we thought Tech was gone. We thought Tech was done. But he said, I don't know if we call it the Blue Wall or something like that, which I thought was a pretty good name. But he's like, we need to come up with a name for this because in the first half, that's what Duke did to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was like, 
I can't, I can't handle this. And they just gave up. Um, and and I, I'll tell you something I said at halftime. Uh, it was, it was Jay gold. It was Jordan Goldwire who caused that defensive pressure to happen to a large extent. And, and I, I noted, and some people on the forums kind of like this, I said, you know, Trey Jones is sort of the leading contender for defensive player of the year nationwide. Um, the, 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 you know, all the experts out there say that he is, an, and we know, an incredible defender, incredibly instinctive, gets all these steals and stuff like that. He's the leading contender for defensive player of the year, and he's probably the second best defender on his own team because of Jordan Goldwire. So I, that's just, I, you know, I can't say enough about the game I thought that Jay Gold had. Yeah, if we were doing player of the week this week, it, it'd be pretty clear who it is for both of us, at least. Uh, and we're going to do that it, it, just as a note for you guys out there. We're going to be doing a little bit more of these smaller podcasts just to kind of uh, make it so that the weekend ones are more in depth with what the things that are, are prevalent to our team or, or previewing upcoming games. We want to focus on that and kind of take some of these little things out uh, and make it so that you guys get a lot to hear a lot more of us over the week. So um, we're, we're going to fast forward to after the game. Obviously, Jason was in the building. He was on press row. He was able to go in the back in the locker room to listen to Coach K's speech uh, and also uh, uh, get some audio from some of the players. So, Jason, why don't you tell us who you talked to and uh, kick it to those audios? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, we go to the press – we go to the – sorry, the locker room first before we got to co- listen to Coach K. And uh, in the locker room, um, I walked in. I was able to talk to Jordan Goldwire. I was able to talk to Vernon Carey. I was able to talk to Cassius Stanley. Actually, in order, you you know, if you can't tell, it's Vernon first, then Jay Gold, then Cassius Stanley. I wanted to talk to more players. I actually had another question I wanted to ask Cassius. um, But uh, but we ran out of time. Um, You know, you're only allowed a limited amount of time there in, in the locker room. But let's let the folks listen in. And by the way, so some of my questions, some of what I'm talking to these guys about, is things um, about the specific game, about the Georgia Tech game, and some of it's about larger issues and 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 that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's interesting to hear their answers. Let's go ahead and play that audio now. So, Vernon, you've uh, there's been a lot of talk about you for Player of the Year nationally, and yet tonight you go out there. James Banks had a great game against you. What was he doing that sort of you know confused things for you a little bit just his length really and just dis- disrupting me on the off- uh, offensive end really I felt, yeah, um yeah i was just trying to like just trying to like just sc- post up early and try to go through him but i just i just wasn't capitalizing really so uh, do you have any comment about all this t- i mean like it's going crazy this talk that you're in the running for player of the year nationally um i'm just focused on my team really i mean my main goal is just to win a national championship and an ACC uh, championship, really. So if those accolades come with that, then, then so be it. But I'm just worried about that, really. Can you talk really quick the difference between playing in high school and what you're experiencing here in college? Because I, I, I understand I've heard you weren't a huge post player in high school, and, and here you're dominating the post. Yeah, just the physicality and just adjusting the, yeah, just adjusting the, phys- the physicality, really. It's just a step up when you go from high school to college, so just that really. But how'd you learn these post moves? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I always, I mean, I had something in high school, but now, I mean, I developed it uh, over the summer really, uh, with, with our assistant coaches, uh, Coach uh, Shire, Nate, and um, Sewell. Uh, Sewell. So yeah, impressive. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. 
do you think? Hey, Jordan. Hey, incredible game today. I got to tell you, I was at halftime. I said you had two points, one steal, one assist, and I said clearly the MVP of the first half was Jordan Goldwire. Um, how are you able to impact the game so much just through your defense? Yeah. Um, it's just something I guess I've been accustomed to doing. Uh, just coming in, bringing energy, just trying to pressure the ball, not not allow my men to score. So it's just something I kind of used to at this point. So you play? I I wasn't sure. I think you played every minute of the second half. Am I right? You played like 16 minutes in the first half. That's a that's a lot of time. Were, were you expecting that? I mean, had Coach K given you any kind of indication that hey, if it's a close game, you're my man the whole time? Um, he didn't tell me, um, but just over the last couple games, I've been playing. Um, a lot more minutes, so just, I mean, I didn't know I was going to stay in the whole second half, but um, once once he did, I mean, I was, I was cool with it, most definitely. You're from Atlanta. Uh, was it nice on homecoming? Did you have a lot of fans there, a lot of fam- family? Uh, a bunch of friends and family. Uh, I see them in the crowd, so definitely excited to, to get a chance to see them uh, right after this. Tell, tell me about your philosophy on defense. What is it you're trying to accomplish? Is just is just stay in front of my man and be active? I mean, get give me some hints if I want to play defense like Jordan Goldwire. Yeah, um, just pressure the ball. Um, just try to keep the guy in front of you, like you said, but more so just try to make them uncomfortable, turn their back, um, and just make it difficult for them to make passes as well. Awesome. Well, keep it up, man. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, so Cassius Stanley, uh, you had a couple unbelievable dunks in the second half. Do you did you see it coming? Do you just take off and the ball's there? Let let me live a little bit through your dunking. <laughs> um, pretty much any time Trey gets a steal uh, or gets the ball and uh, it's a fast break, I I just try to find my lane and just get open. And I don't even really yell at him, say anything. He he knows I'm gonna get open for him, and I know he's gonna throw the ball up and. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, talk about the transition from high school to college ball. I mean, has it because because you've I, let's be honest, you weren't the highest touted of all the freshmen coming here to Duke, and yet you're the guy who's been starting every single game and getting huge, you know, major minutes. Um, you know, um, college, college. I like college. <laughs> I mean, I like college. That's why I like coach. Um, I just I just stayed grounded really. Um, you know, high school I felt like I I wasn't really tapping into my full potential. I felt like I was uh, you know there were so many other things, but now it's kind of just like school basketball, and uh, I mean that's really why I chose Duke is why it's like a place like this where you know it's just school basketball, especially come from Los Angeles where it's like fast paced so much so many things you can get into. So um, I think it's just like change of scenery honestly. So let me, you say you're loving school, you're loving Duke. Have you thought at all about, I mean, I know you're not going to make any announcements, but have you thought about being one and done or anything like that? Your father's a sports agent, right? Yeah, so, I mean, have you guys begun thinking about it? No, not at all. Um, I mean, me and my dad, we really just talk, like, father, son. Um, My whole life we talked father, son. We never talked, like, you know, tell me what you think I should do business-wise or anything like that. So um, he's, he so we don't talk about that at all. We just talk about – he talks about, you know, just playing the best basketball I can each day and, um, you know, just trying to win and trying to win a national championship. That's really the goal because, you know, you don't want to be – you don't want to be doing all this to not get close. And this is this is all we do. Well, right, thanks, Cash. Appreciate it. Oh, okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Cash. So, Jason, I, I, I really, first of all, 
it's always cool when we get to have somebody in the locker room to get these clips. So thank you for living in Atlanta and being able to come to this game. But uh, the one thing that I'll start with is I'll start with Vernon Carey. You asked a very, you know, not necessarily a pointed question, but a question that I'm sure he's get, was getting a lot of about James Banks and his length and how it was frustrating to him, despite the fact that he has these national player of the year accolades. And I liked his answer, not necessarily because it was something that I didn't expect, but really because he he's like, Hey, this guy had a good game. And I had, he has, he knows he has to learn to play some nights where he's not going to be the focal point of the offense or in at the end on defense, or uh, he's not going to, it's not going to come easy to him. I thought he battled very hard during this game. And I thought that in that he showed a lot of poise uh, when it comes to a guy who really, you know, the first half, his energy was just everywhere. And, and that's usually Vernon Carey and Vernon Carey had someone match him um, last night. I thought that was pretty good to how he responded to that. So uh, I well, really appreciated that question. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that is we talk all the time about the fact that teams get up for playing Duke and mm -hmm. they do, they absolutely hundred percent do well, but if you're a big man, you're going to get extra up because you're not just playing Duke, you're playing Vernon Carey, who's the front runner for national player of the year and is widely considered the best big man in basketball. So if you're James Banks, you've got two motivations there. You know, I'm playing against this stud. I'm playing against the stud team. And I think Vernon Carey has to adjust and get used to that kind of thing. It's going to happen more and more often. I'm not saying there are going to be other guys who are going to have the kind of game against him that James Banks did. But he's going to see that kind of energy. Guys are going to know I can make a reputation for myself. I can show NBA scouts I can play with another NBA player. I, you know, I can I can make my case for being a future NBA or a future All ACC, whatever it may be, um, because I'm playing on such a big stage against such an important player. Um, funny note about Cassius Stanley. I think I I don't think he got to this uh, when you were talking to him, but apparently he was asked to rate his dunk. Uh, the third one, the the tomahawk dunk, and he says something to the effect of, "I thought it was the worst of the bunch, but now looking at it, man, that's amazing." Like even he 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 even amazed himself with that dunk, which I thought was re really funny. And the final thing I will say before we go to the Coach K audio is uh, with Jordan Goldwire, you asked about, "Hey, you you I thought you were the MVP of the first half, even though you only had two points, and you end up playing like 36 or 37 minutes." And he was like, "Hey, I." I got to be ready to play every single day. Um, and I, I liked that he, that mentality is there. And we'll, we'll get to that with, with coach K cause he has some comments on that, but I, you can tell that these guys are ready to play at any moment and they're ready to play two minutes or, or 40 minutes the entire game. So uh, I, I like that everyone's dialed in and there's not a lot of people who are like, I'm a starter. I'm a sixth man. I'm a seventh man. All these guys play, like they are supposed to be starting the game and it's just happenstance that they're coming off the bench. Well, and, and as you will hear in just a couple of moments, they get that from their leader. Coach K uh, absolutely espouses that and talks about that. In fact, I, I spoke to him about it directly and, and he had some really interesting comments about it. Uh, so let's play. So after, obviously after we're done with the players, they, they take us upstairs um, and, and all the media gets to, gets to talk to coach K and, uh, the the beginning of this audio is is mostly him talking about the game, but but at a certain point I ask a couple questions about about Duke's 
Duke's depth, not Duke's rotation. <laughs> Everyone's going to enjoy this. And, and then, uh, and then I really think folks stick around because coach K's last answer is a fascinating one where he talked about the general state of the college basketball game, but let's get to that audio. Now here's, here's coach K in the uh, post-game press conference. It was uh, just a heck of a game. Uh, they're a very good basketball team. And uh, now that they got their whole team together, that's their sixth game. I mean, I think they can, you know, play with anybody. And, you know, it's a big time win for us because uh, their crowd was great. They were really good. And they knocked us back at the beginning of each half. And our kids responded. Our defense, the last 12 minutes of the first half, was outstanding. And, uh, uh, and I thought Javin gave us a big boost in how he ran the court. And in the second half, they came out and we gave them nine quick points. And it looked like you know, the whole thing was going to turn. And our kids showed some amazing toughness. And they really hung in there. Uh, Cassius, who was not playing as well as he has been playing, played great. He responded, you know, coming off the bench after a timeout and made some sensational plays. And then, uh, yeah, I, I just think our, our kids were real tough and uh, they made some big plays. Uh, Trey and uh, Jordan Goldwater defensively and Trey hit a big bucket. And one of the big buckets was the offensive rebound on the free throw by, uh, by Vernon, which gave us a two possession lead. And then, our defense was good. You know, their you know, their big guys, you know, really hammered us on the boards, but they you know, we were able to, they were ten for thirty one. So uh, you know, that worked out well and you know, we beat a really good team in a in a very tough environment and both teams played played really hard tonight. So it's a heck of a win for our kids. Any questions? You put Delaria in with about two minutes to go. What were you looking for him to do there, and did he give you what you wanted? Yeah, just some energy and uh, on defense. You know, a big change in the first half. We we, we had to change how we defended the ball screen, and uh, they were just killing us. And then we read it or trapped it, and that worked for the half. And in the second half, we didn't do it as well, and they re we kind of responded. And we had to, you know, change a little bit with that and jabbing. And Jack, Jack made a couple big plays, the three, but also a block. Uh, just, you know, it's the way our team's been. It's like a collection of guys hopefully doing enough to uh, come up with a big time. That's a big time win tonight. Were you surprised by your defense around the rim with those two post players and Wright and Banks and how well you kind of handled them? Well, I don't know. Yeah, not with our rebounding, but. Uh, Yes, overall, because they also had to defend the ball screen with Alvarado, and Alvarado's, you know, a very, very crafty guard. So that's not easy for a big guy to help with that and still play the big. And uh, so overall, good, you know, good. But uh, it's going to be where they went some and we went. And it was that kind of game. I thought both teams played so hard, and, uh, and the crowd was great. Yeah, you know, I, I thought they really supported their team and. And uh, was, you know, that made the win 
you know, even a little bit bigger for us. You mentioned how Cassius was fun coming off the bench. What was sort of his demeanor in that time out? And what, what was sort of your no, no, he just he wasn't playing aggressively. And, uh, you know, he was going to have a zero stat line. Except they would have gotten pluses, you know. And, uh, and you know, for a freshman, especially to turn that around in a game, an away game where you're not getting that's huge. It shows a lot about that kid. It, I mean, he made some sensational plays, uh, some sensational <coughs> plays. And he ran the court a couple times, big time. You know, that jabbing in the first half and him in the second, you know, those were you know, a little bit, they, they differentiated us. You know, it, it made it, a, we, we won that, that round. So to speak, in a 15 round fight. So, I think James is Lynn bothered Vernon. I'm sorry? Do you think James is Lynn bothered Vernon throughout the I think James is Lynn bothered a lot of people. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, for Vernon overall, I thought he did a really good job. You know, that it's his 15th college game. And also, he now is the focal point of people trying to stop us. With, you know, so, that's a lot. Two months in this, you know, you know, Vernon's done a great job, and uh, you know, I thought he, in the second half, we we were not strong with the ball, and they came out strong, and we we're catching it with one hand, and all of a sudden, boom, they got it and go, and once he put two hands on it, it was a little bit different. Coach, what would you say is the biggest reason for the miscues from the free throw line? Human, they, human. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up every day happy and go lucky. Or, I mean, <laughs> just human being, you know. Like also, when you're in a fight or in a game like that, you're tired. You know. So overall, we've been shooting really well on the free throw line, and we hit. Look, we hit enough to win. So I'm not worried about the free throws. You know? Coach. And by the way, one of them turned into two points. Uh, I should have told you we called a play on that. Coach, two questions related to the rotation somewhat. We First, don't have a rotation. Okay, the depth. Can I? Yeah. yeah okay. So, guys. Yeah, uh, so throughout the season, one of the hallmarks of the team has been, you know, nine, ten, obviously you couldn't go ten deep, but nine deep. This game, it felt like things shrunk up a little bit. And related to that, Jordan Goldwire plays like almost 37 minutes. Uh, talk about his play and uh, Jordan was, even though if you look at the stats, he has two points, and he and Trey together played really good defensively, and uh, he gave us the athleticism. You know, that's one thing with Wendell out. Wendell is a great athlete, and most of the time you can have two and sometimes three outstanding athletes. Trey being one of them. Jordan Goldwire, Cassius, Wendell. Alex is a good athlete. Joey is a good shooter. Not that he's a bad athlete. And so not having Wendell affects that in a game like this, you know, where you, you have to defend all three perimeter positions pretty well. Because you know, their kid part, he hit a couple big buckets for him. But, but did you have a notion that Jordan was going to play a lot for you this game? Yeah, I have a notion he's going to play a lot in every game. You know, and uh, I started him in the second half. And uh, all our guys should consider themselves starters because you're not playing behind anybody. When someone comes in, you don't have to be like the guy you came in for. All you have to do is be you. 
and and then we have then we have a little bit different look, and that's that's the kind of thing we've tried to build our team on. And defensively, if we have more athleticism in, then we're probably going to pressure the ball better, probably move it down the court a little bit more. And so you have different looks by having different people in the game, and it just kind of happens. And uh, our guys have really, everyone on our team knows that they're important. None of them are complimentary players. All of them are good basketball players. And when they're in there, they need to think of themselves as being starting basketball players. Anything else for Coach? Coach, why do you think that we're seeing some of the unpredictability in the college basketball game, specifically this season? Yeah, because, it, 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 you know, we haven't kept, there's so much, so much attrition. You know, uh, it's not just the guys in after one or two years going pro. You probably have 70 to 80 kids who tested the waters who were not drafted, who didn't return for college basketball. You can't take that type of a hit along with the guys that normally go. And we haven't kept up to date yet. We've made a whole bunch of changes, but we haven't figured out how it affects our, our game. And it's affected our game. There is, like, Really, kind of anybody can win. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's what's happened. And as long as we have it going the same way, you're going to have that same attrition. You know, you and um, we almost had a thousand transfers. Crazy. When you know, if you looked at this as a business, the amount of guys going, the amount of guys testing, the amount of guys transferring. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, it, it's it, it's a lot. It, it's a, it's a lot. Our, we have not kept up with it. As whoever is leading our game, and tell me who that is, by the way. <laughs> I don't think there is anybody. It, it, we're not. It, we're like a, there aren't any westerns anymore. You know, but if I'm old enough to walk, you know, when you lose the reins and the horse, that's kind of how we are. It's just going. <laughs> but it's such a great game it can handle that for a while but I, it's going to need some help I'm telling you it's going to need some help alright thanks a lot okay, thank you so you probably heard it there I used the word rotation and coach K went we don't have rotations and I went okay sorry depth can I say depth <laughs> the funny thing is I mean coach K kind of has a reputation for if someone asks him a question that he thinks is dumb he immediately calls them out for it and I was that guy congratulations <laughs> yeah at every press conference there has to be some guy who who uh, every you know in the press corps that Coach K gets to go? What the hell are you asking me? That's a silly question. What did you win? Did you get like a coupon to the varsity or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, Coach K is really funny. There, I, you know, I'm not sure how well it came across in the audio. There are a number of times that the that the 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 press guys we all kind of chuckled and laughed at some of his answers. He he's he's a great interview. Um, the players. They're still learning. <laughs> Sometimes their answers are kind of pat and obvious, but Coach K, you know, like I mean, he has forty-five years of experience at this point. Yeah, so you could you can ask him anything; he will give you a really interesting response. And I thought, you know, especially his stuff about the state of the college basketball game. By the way, I think he's been listening to the podcast because a few weeks ago I was talking about this that 
the 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 drain on the on the college basketball game from guys turning pro early. Not necessarily even guys who are making the NBA. Guys who are going to the G League or to play foreign ball or whatever. Coach K said, "Look, this is we're taking the talent out of the game, and that has to impact things." Um, and I thought that was really really interesting. And he basically at one point he's like, "So there's who's in charge? I don't know." No one's in charge of college basketball. He, he's calling for a czar. He's calling for someone to really be in charge of the sport. And he's a hundred percent right about that. Um, but it's it's fa- I mean, it was fascinating to hear him. That, like the question that he got asked was not, "Hey, assess the state of college basketball." It was like, "Hey, what's going on this year?" You know, some teams are, uh, you know, there are a lot of upsets. And suddenly, Coach K is in on you know the philosophy of what's going on in the game. Like. He thinks on a different level than the rest of us. That's for he's sure. A, he's in 30-20, and we're in 20-20. That's how that works. Um, I, I really, you know, first of all, getting a question into Coach K, because you could tell on the on the audio you were trying to get it in a couple times, and and you were just waiting your turn, and you finally got your opportunity. So way to get on, way, way to get out there. And here's the thing. I'll be able Thank to watch you. this on the video of the press conference, and I can hear him like, oh, that's Jason. Um, but that was really cool uh, that you were able to do that. But – the question you had was actually very interesting because, again, we talk about the depth and we you talked about how we've had 10, 11 guys play considerable minutes at times during the year. And last night it was really only seven that played more than 10 minutes. So I liked his answer in the fact that he's like, everyone's a starter. And that's something that you kind of think, yeah, that makes sense. But really, when you think about it, everybody who plays at Duke could be a starter somewhere else in college basketball and they're all here. And to sometimes you have to come here with that mindset that you're not going to start every game. You're not going to play. You're not going to get 10 minutes a game. And this year, it seems like everybody has bought into that fact that, Hey, I could play 30 minutes today. I could play three minutes today, but when I'm in there, I got to make an impact. And you saw it last night. Again, our, our impact comes from different people every night. Are, are the guys we lean on change from night to night? And, you know, last night we had, you know, Jordan Goldwire was the hero of the game and he didn't register a stat line that if you looked at the stat line, you'd be like, why are you, why are you, why'd this guy play 37 minutes? There's, there's intangibles out there that these guys are looking for. And the coaching staff is doing a great job at making sure that everyone knows that when they go in the game, they're going to make an impact in some way on that game. Yeah, and I thought it was fascinating when Coach K was talking a little bit about uh, about the different players and the depth, and and he he talked about Jordan Goldwire's athleticism and how important that is to his role on the team. And he and he goes, and then he got down to Joey Baker, and he goes, he was saying, "Oh, this guy's an athlete. This guy's an athlete." And Joey Baker he goes, is, "Joey's a shooter," yeah. uh, <laughs> which is not he's not disrespecting Joey Baker. He's absolutely right about that. He's just sort of saying, you know, Joey isn't quite the athlete. That these other guys are, but he brings another very, very valuable skill to the table. And I think you're 100% correct. I mean, look, we've already seen games where Joey Baker was a huge impact player for Duke. Uh, it was apparent to Coach K in the four minutes that Joey played in this game that that wasn't going to happen in the, this game because you know Tech is Tech's playing you know more athletic guards. They're they're playing guards who probably are are a little better defensively, and and it wasn't going to work for Joey. And so those minutes. Uh, Joey Baker's regular minutes um, and and Wendell Moore's minutes all went to to Jordan Goldwire. Uh, you know, I, I think it's gonna be fascinating. I, I'm interested in seeing who are the starters next game this weekend mm-hmm. because uh, you know it feels like <laughs> you play 37 minutes, Jordan Goldwire, you're probably gonna be a starter, but you never know. Like Coach K said, everybody's a starter. Everybody on this team's had chances to start and has 
played huge, huge roles in, in different games. Really, really fascinating. Um, uh, it was a great game to be at. I think a really important game in Duke's season. Uh, like Coach K said in that post-game press conference, Georgia Tech's a very, very good team. They're a better team than their record indicates, a better team than they were a few weeks ago because they have they got some key, key players back. Um, and, and Duke, I thought this was a really good way. You, you know, like we said, the final margin doesn't indicate the size of the win, but not, they're not a lot of ACC teams that are going to win at Georgia Tech this year. Um, and and uh, Duke held, by the way, that was the sixth straight team that Duke has held under 65 points. The defense is the hallmark of this team. I really, really believe that the defensive energy that we're able to put out there, um, that that's the key to this team fully realizing their potential and cutting down nets uh, in, in March and April. And really quickly, you know, I, I, you know, I talked about this earlier in the podcast when we were talking about Vernon Carey and I said, oh, he didn't really have what was a great game, but other people disagreed that the other people was coach K. So I am clearly wrong here. Um, in his press conference, he made note. They were like, well, you know, James Banks really frustrated him. And he, his length was, uh, was, a, you know, something that really messed with him. And he goes, his length would mess with anybody in college basketball, you know, giving yeah. due credit to James Banks and how he performed. Like you said, three block shy of a triple double is nothing to sneeze at in any, any facet of the game on any level. Uh, especially when that triple-double is blocks. So I, I really, you know, I like that he said, hey, look, Vernon Carey's going to have these nights where he's going to go up against some guys that uh, have length, they have athleticism, and he's going to learn to deal with that. Those sort of things are part of this maturation process. And with Vernon Carey being thrust into the, you know, in the eye, I mean, if you think about, like you said, he is one of the front runners for National Player of the Year at this point, and he plays 24 minutes a game. Um, the last night he didn't have a great game on, you know, considering what we've seen him put on the stat sheet, but he still played 25 minutes. He had 14 points. He had six rebounds that it, for anyone else is a solid contribution to the game. And I think there are times last night where he dominated and there's times last night where he, uh, was humbled a little bit by James Banks presence. And I, I think that is, you know, the, again, the maturation process of this year, he is going to learn from that. and. Honestly, I feel bad for Wake Forest because I feel like Vernon Carey is going to take it out against Wake Forest on Saturday night. <laughs> You're probably right. Hey, look, before we go, there's one other guy I want to talk about really quickly. We, we've talked a lot about Vernon Carey because of James Banks and because Vernon Carey is such an important player. We've talked a lot about Jordan Goldwire, who, you know, we think arguably, despite the stats, was was the player of the game. And, and you know, Coach K talked about it in the press conference. Cassius Stanley dunking all over the place. We've talked about all that stuff. We have not mentioned the name Trey Jones. Um, Duke, by the way, uh, sent me a press release and pointed out that Trey Jones in this game is the first player in Duke history. There have been a lot of players to play this game. Duke, Trey Jones is the first player in Duke history to get 16 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, four steals, and a block shot in a game. That's never happened before in Duke history. I think it's the steals, uh, you know, combined with all those rebounds and assists that really, really elevated um, that statistical line. Uh, but he goes he goes five of seven from the field. There were numerous times down the stretch when it was a close, close, close one possession game where Trey got the key basket. His, his free throw shooting left something to be desired, <laughs> which is surprising. I usually think of him as a great free throw shooter. Um, and uh, I mean, she's Trey, like, what, 75, 80 percent, which is yeah. about what you, you know, about what you expect from 
uh, a college basketball player. And I mean, he was five for 10 last night. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and he missed some clutch ones when the game was still really close. I was like, Trey, what are you doing to me? Uh, although one of the ones he missed coach K love to point this out, turned into two extra points because yep. Vernon Carey got a huge offensive rebound. This was a game Duke Duke struggled rebounding in this game. I mean, for a team that has been dominant rebounding and one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, we only got seven offensive rebounds in this game. But but anyway, I, my point in all this was to say uh, Trey Jones, I thought, had had a truly excellent game and showed leadership the whole time. When Tech was making runs, runs to give them the lead, runs to maybe begin to run away with the game, Trey was the calming influence um, throughout that entire contest. Uh, as much as Jay Gold was the MVP of this game, Trey's like right there alongside him, I think. Yeah, and we'll see that. I, I, I expect we'll see that combination a lot more on Saturday night against Wake Forest. Before we go, uh, we went this whole podcast, and we did not forget, but this podcast is brought to you by uh, our friends at Bird Campbell PA with law offices in Florida and in Texas. For all of your business law needs, you know the guys. Bird Campbell means business. Check them out at birdcampbell.com, and we appreciate, obviously, their support of the podcast. Uh, Jason, before we go, like like we mentioned, we, we have – the player of the week, the parting shots and all that stuff. We're going to save those for the weekend. Uh, but just give me your final takeaway being in the house for this game against Georgia Tech. My final takeaway is it's a really, really good win for Duke. Uh, I think it was a good win for the team to understand the, the the caliber of play they need to bring every single day to win games. I think that's you know super important for these guys. Uh, and and I, there's been talk... Uh, Ken Pomeroy, Ken Pomeroy actually says that Duke has has a, almost a nine percent chance. Uh, I guess after this game, it may be closer to ten percent chance of going undefeated in the ACC. The ACC is down this year, um, and uh, and the perception is that that Duke is very very good, and Duke has a chance to go undefeated in the ACC. I think this game shows us how difficult it will be to do something like that. Uh, we talk about it all the time. It's hard to win on the road, especially against rival teams that really get up for it, know you very well, know the kinds of things you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, Georgia Tech, I don't think, is an NCAA tournament team. I'm not even certain they're going to end up making the NIT because because um, their their preseason schedule when they were injured and hurt is, uh, you know, was was not impressive. But this shows you how hard it is to win a college basketball game um, that, that opponents – quite often play really, really well, maybe better than they usually do when they face you. And and it's just winning any game on the road. I mean, winning at home isn't easy. Winning a game on the road is just really, really difficult. Um, and so I thought it was a I thought it was a great effort on Duke's part playing against a Georgia Tech team that wanted it. Um not I I I don't mean to be saying bad things about BC and Miami. BC and Miami did not want it nearly the way Georgia Tech did. Uh, and as a result, Duke wins by 30-plus versus this game. By the way, there was almost a backdoor cover in this game. Um, from a gambling standpoint, Duke was a 12-point favorite. Um, and it came, considering if you if you had Tech plus 12, the entire second half, you're like sitting back like, I'm collecting my money, bring my money. And suddenly, like in the final minute, you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. If this, this had been one of the worst bad beats ever, if Duke had gotten to 12 points, it would have been a terrible bad beat because it was a way closer game than the nine points was. If it had gotten to 12, that would have been a crime. Scott Van Pelt would have been talking about it on uh, on Late Night Sports Center uh, if, if that had happened. I, I think my final takeaway, you, you you talked a bit about it, 
you know, winning on the road is difficult. Winning on the road in the ACC is even more difficult. And so far in our road games, we have gone – our true road games this year, we have gone to the Breslin Center. That's non-conference, obviously, uh, but a big game. We've gone to Virginia Tech, to Miami, and to Georgia Tech, three of – you know, some of the more difficult places for us to play in the ACC and walked out of there with victories. That is really, really good. Um, and, and I think going down the line, that's only going to breed confidence for our team. We, we come home, we're going to play Wake Forest on Saturday night, and I think our guys will be ready for that. So this kind of confidence, you know, going on road trips and getting the business W, I think is going to always help us. I don't know about going undefeated in the ACC, but I do know this, going to some of these places and winning are going to be some of the hardest things that these guys do, and they're already doing it. So uh, hats off to them and hats off to the coaching staff for getting these guys ready to play and, and walking out of Atlanta uh, with some with some Chick-fil-A and uh, a couple of Ws. Hey, just really, really quick on that. One of the interesting things about Duke's schedule in the ACC this year is – uh, most people would say that there are two other really good teams in the ACC this year, Florida State and Louisville. We get both of them at Cameron. We do not go to Florida State. We do not go to Louisville. Now, Virginia, who most people would say is the fourth best team in the ACC, although they've been struggling. They've been struggling a lot lately. Looks like Virginia can't score, period. End of story. Um, anyway, Virginia is the really tough road game. We, we play at Virginia, play at Syracuse. You know, uh, but um, the toughest teams in the ACC, the guys that it looks like are sure surefire tournament teams, Sweet 16, you know, caliber kind of clubs, if not Final Four. Those teams we get at Cameron. And that's one of the reasons I think people are talking about Duke maybe going undefeated in the ACC. Our toughest games are probably going to be at home. Well, we can't go undefeated if we don't win Saturday night. So, uh, amen. We will, we will look forward to that. Again, that game is on 8, at 8 p.m. I believe that's on the ACC network as well. Uh, Saturday night against Wake Forest at the friendly confines of Cameron Indoor Stadium. Until then, we're going to record after that. Hopefully, we'll get Sam back from his travels, uh, or at least in a recorded phase. Uh, but until then, uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. Um, our This is Jason Evans in Atlanta. Uh, I'm Donald Wine here in Washington, D.C. This is the Duke Basketball Report Podcast, Episode 181. Duke Band, take us home.